We think that we're going to heaven. We think that we have all this eternal life. And yet how can we go to heaven and have eternal life when we do not have forgiveness in our hearts? That resentment and unforgiveness and bitterness and poison comes out of our mouths and we slander people. People in the church of Jesus Christ, we can't do that. It's an impossibility. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're glad you've joined us for our continuing series focused on glorifying God with compassion and humility. Today, Raul will provide practical insight into how you can honor the Lord specifically in your management of conflict. When you've been wronged, it's easy to lash out in frustration and anger. But as you stay with us today, you'll see that God calls you to forgive and seek resolution. In Matthew chapter 18, here's Raul Reese. We're going to be dealing this morning with uh, seeking true love within our own lives. He says, the proverb says, He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates the best of friends. I am praying this morning that God would give to every one of us compassion for others and that we would learn to be more like Jesus Christ for He is our example this morning. And so the proverb deals with true love. If we really love a person, then we're not going to really speak against that person. But we're going to take the proper means that we need to have biblically to take care of the problem if there is a problem with another person. What do you do if you have something against another person or a person has something against you? Well, for the answer, turn to Matthew 18. If you have your Bibles. Matthew chapter 18. This is the biblical order that God has given to us, Jesus, in the teaching of the Gospels. In Matthew chapter 18, beginning with verse 15, listen to what Jesus said. He said, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Now, it seems that whenever something happens with another person, immediately we have to tell somebody else. But that's not what the Bible says. Whenever I have to go tell somebody else, and I'm not really building up, but I am defaming or destroying, and I am slandering that person. And God looks down on slander. Slander can ruin a person's character. Can be totally separated from friendships. And on the other side, God deals with the slander. Now, one of the things that I'm learning as I'm looking at the scripture, he's talking about if any one of your brother, that brother means if anybody is in Christ, you know, brother and sister in the Lord, and if you want to make it too, if you have a brother or a sister in your family, 
that you have something against or they've done something against you or you've done something against them. I think that the correct way that Jesus is teaching here that if you have done something against somebody, make sure you make it right. If they don't want to make it right, that's between them and God. But making sure that your heart and your attitude is right before God and before men. Because he gives you the counsel here. He says, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him. But if he hears you, you have gained your brother. You see? You can solve the problem between two people where nobody else has to be exposed or know about the matter. Just between you and that person. But usually what I have learned in counseling is that when people don't want to settle the matter, usually bitterness enters that person's life. And because of bitterness, they go out and they slander that person's name. We have to learn as believers to make things right before God and men. We don't want our relationship with God to be broken up. That we want to be continually in fellowship with God. There can be no friendship without understanding discretion. And friendships are very important in the life of the believer. And then he goes on to tell you this in verse 16. But if he who does not hear you, if he will not hear you, then take with you one or two more people... Notice, and by the mouth or two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Now, if that person doesn't want to reconcile, doesn't want to make things right before God and men, then you have the responsibility to take two or three witnesses with you to approach or confront that person to make sure that those things are made right and that he or she is made accountable. You see? Otherwise, you're not going to be accountable and you're going to have a major problem in your life. And that person will continue to slander. That person will continue to sin. And we're not really holding them accountable, as God says, so we can see repentance on their heart as we have repentance in our own hearts. Otherwise, you have chaos. But, verse 17, look what he says. And if he refuses to hear them, You come in love and he or she doesn't want to hear you. Then tell it to the whole church. But if he refuses even to hear the whole church, let him be to you like a heathen or a tax collector. That is, you don't really get up and tell the whole church. Literally what he's talking about is you tell or you warn the leadership of the church. So that the leadership's aware of what's going on. And then what happens is that you treat that person like a heathen or a tax collector, which means you excommunicate the person until there's repentance. Otherwise, slander will continue. And other people will get hurt. This is why it's so important that if there's anyone here today and you're living a life of sin... And you know that maybe somebody knows about your life of sin. But you really are not willing to repent. And they've come to you and they've pleaded with you and they've counseled you. 
But you continue to transgress. You continue to be disobedient. You continue to be rebellious against God and against men. Then the Bible teaches here that what happens is that then two or three other godly people need to go to you. And you need to be what? You need to be confronted with the problem. Because they care for your souls. That's the whole reason. Not that they want to shame you. Or they want to excommunicate you. But I think that if God really is going to move in the body of Jesus Christ. That we as a church. Believers. Need to be not offensive. But we need to be loving. And we need to be kind. And we need to be patient and long suffering. And whenever we approach a person, we don't come with retaliation. Because then we're not coming with the attitude of love. We're not being like Christ in our own lives. And you know, and I know that we've all been there. And our duty is to pray for restoration, for love. He said, but you don't understand. I, I, I hate this person. Well, I understand. Because we all come to that place once in a while where, where we don't like people. And maybe they really ripped you off. They've done really terrible things to you. Now, it doesn't mean that you, you have to fellowship with them. But your heart has to be right before God. You have to be able to forgive. And allow God, if they don't want to repent, they don't want to be forgiving to you, then you leave them in the hands of God. God will take care of them. But you have to make sure that you are right before God and before men. If you want God to bless your life. That's what the proverb talks about. We have to be willing to be totally loving and forgiving to other people that have tried to even to destroy us. And there's many people that have tried to do that. And it's so hard because you and I know the responsibility that we have to God. But then what does the scripture say? Here again in, in Matthew chapter 18. Look at what he says in verse 18. He's again talking. He says, surely I say unto you, whatever you bind on earth. And he's talking now about prayer, binding and loosening. Because now when things are made right, you know, then through prayer we can be heard by God. But then look at verse 21. And then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Peter sounds like me. Seven times is enough. Maybe one time is enough too. But Peter is asking a legitimate question. Lord, if somebody comes against me, how many times literally do I have to forgive that person? Seven times? Well, look at the answer. In verse 22. And then Jesus said unto him. I do not say to you up to seven times. But up to seventy times seven. You got to be kidding. <laughs> 490 times. Well. More than that. Literally Jesus is saying. As many times as you have to. Forgive. Imagine that. Hey, when I think of what Jesus Christ has done for me and how many times He has forgiven me, then why should I not forgive? Think about that. Why should I not forgive? Especially when it comes to somebody that's really hurt you deeply. 
and done some terrible thing against you where you're no longer sweet but there's bitterness and there's resentment and you wish they were dead then how can God answer your prayers with that kind of attitude how can you even call yourself a Christian when there's no love You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We'll continue with the teaching from Raul in just a moment. But first, we have Raul with us in the studio to tell us more about his new book, Sermon of Sermons. Raul, when we read the Bible, it seems that as believers, we often rush through and don't really take time to listen to what the Lord is saying to us. How often do you think we should look back at this teaching from the Sermon on the Mount? Oh, man, every day. <laughs> Get up in the morning till the evening. You got to stand back. You know, you look into the mirror and you think you're looking at yourself. But the real you, you got to stand back and say, you know what? Maybe I really don't look like that. And a sermon on the mount will make you examine yourself and get convicted and then say, you know what? I need to change my life. Jesus covers so much in these chapters on the Sermon on the Mount. If you had to boil it all down to the most basic things a person can learn, what would those things be? I can learn to be not only a real believer, but how can I apply it every day in my life? I think that's important. Mm. Every day, not just read it one time, but the things that I've read, the chapters that I've read, they need to be part of my life from that point on. Think about that, chapter 5 to 7. You read the book of Matthew to the Jew. But then in the Sermon of the Mount, it's not to the Jew. It's to everyone because he uses the law to speak to the Jew. So we're not under the law, but under grace. So when I read it, I see it totally different. Roll, how do you think the Sermon on the Mount has helped you personally in your walk with Jesus? Conviction, number one, but also to look back at my life 50 years ago. And then now 50 years later, I've done that sermon three times. It's a total different doctrine in my life. And I call it doctrine because it's not only changed my life, but I have to stand back and say, okay, Lord, how can you change the things that are in my life now that need to be changed? Well, thanks so much for taking time to share your heart with us today on the importance of this topic and the need for all of us to listen carefully to what the Lord says in the Sermon on the Mount. We've been talking with Raul Reese about his new book, Sermon of Sermons. To learn more and to order your copy, just go to somebodylovesyou.com. Let's continue with more of today's lesson from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Then watch what he says in verse 23. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And then he gives a parable. And when he had begun to settle his accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, $15 million he owed him. Imagine that. But as he was not able to pay back, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had and that payment be made. So the, the king said, you know, I, the way to get my money back is to sell his wife and his children in the slave market. Then I'll get high interest and I'll get my money back. But, verse 26. And then the servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And then the master of that servant was moved with compassion and released him and forgave him his debt. Can you believe that? I mean, somehow, this master was touched by the Lord to forgive $15 million debt. Not to touch his wife, not to touch his children. That's really the attitude of this king. 
This king is forgiving the debt that man, this young man cannot pay. It's going to be a strain on him and his family. And God speaks to him with compassion. He says, you know what? Forgive the whole thing. But then watch what happens. Verse 27. And then the master of that servant was moved again with compassion and released him and forgave him his debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He only owed him $3,000. Imagine that. And what did he do? And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat and said, You pay me or I'll kill you. (laughs) Imagine that. You see, this guy that was totally forgiven for $15 million debt, immediately he went out and whoever owed him $3,000, he went out and he wanted an immediate payback. And was not compassionate, was not loving, was not kind. But what did he do? He went by force and tried to get his money back. Watch what happens. Verse 29. And so his fellow servants fell down at his feet and began to beg him saying, Have patience with me and I will pay you all. And then he would not. Notice unforgiving spirit. But went ahead. And threw the man into prison until he should pay the debt. I mean, when are you going to pay the debt if you're in prison? Never. You see, he had no compassion. He had no kindness. He had no love. He was hardened by, by unforgiveness. And he wasn't even able to think how just a few minutes ago, this king had forgiven him for a greater debt than this other man owed him. And yet he wanted his money immediately. And he took counsel and put this young man in prison. In the debtor's prison. Look what happens. And so when this fellow servant saw what had happened or what had been done, they were very grieved and they came and told their master... All that had been done. And then the master, after he had called him unto him, he said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the tortures until he should pay all that was due to him. Notice that. And you know what? That's the way it is with God. What did he say in the Lord's Prayer? If we do not forgive our debtors as we forgive those that have come against us, then how can God forgive you your debts, your sins, if you are not willing to forgive others? He can't. We think that we're going to heaven. We think that we have all this eternal life. And yet how can we go to heaven and have eternal life when we do not have forgiveness in our hearts? But resentment and unforgiveness and bitterness and poison comes out of our mouths and we slander people. People in the church of Jesus Christ, we can't do that. It's an impossibility. God will not allow it to happen. God desires that we would be totally forgiven. Why? Because the people that love to sow seeds of discord among the brethren are people that have no love. 
They don't even know the basis of love. Just like Proverbs 6, 16, 19 says. He says, these things, things the Lord hates. Yes, seven is an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to run into evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. Notice that. You see, the word discord here is telling that there is a lack of love in the life of these people. They do not love, no matter what they say. There is no love in them. Listen to what John said in 1 John 4, 7, 11. He says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So if you don't have love, you don't know God. You see? And you're not born of God. In this the love of God was manifested toward us. That God sent His only begotten Son into the world. That we might live through Him. And this is love. Not that we love God. But that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us... We also ought to love one another. There it is. If we don't have love for one another, then how can we call ourselves Christians? We have this commandment given to us to exhibit love. This is the first commandment of God. In Matthew 22, 37, 38, Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And then second one, love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two greatest commandments. To love one another. And to love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. And then, of course, in Matthew 12, 31, 33, he talks about how this love that we have for Jesus Christ, we shall be known by our fruits. He said, for a tree is known by its fruits. And what is the fruit of the believer? Love. That's the fruit that we possess. That's a sign of true faith. In John 8, 42, Jesus said, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come by myself, but he sent me to you. And of course, love is also manifested in obedience to God. John 14, 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. Not the Ten Commandments, but two commandments. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And if we really possess this love of God and forgiveness of God, then it's going to be seen in our service to God and to men. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. You see? Today, as you think about Jesus' call to forgive, we encourage you to honestly acknowledge if you need to let go of bitterness and allow the Lord to lift the weight of any grudges you've been carrying. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review the lesson you've just heard, call 800-634-9165 and we'll send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. When you get in touch with us, simply ask for the lesson titled, Seeking True Love. 
We'd also like to tell you about Rawls' new book titled Sermon of Sermons, providing more insight into what it looks like to follow the Lord in a life of humility and compassion. You'll find both practical instructions and inspiring challenges to spur you on in righteousness. To purchase Rawls' new Sermon of Sermons book, visit us online at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165 and request your copy. We'll send you this resource for the discounted introductory rate of just $12 plus shipping and handling. Now, this is a limited time offer, so call 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Thank you for your generous donations. Each one helps us reach more and more people with the clear instruction of God's Word. Well, it's always a pleasure to share the Word of God with you, and we hope you'll make plans to be with us again next time for a new series celebrating Jesus' birth. Now back to more of Roll Reese with a final thought from today's lesson. And then this love has to be seen in every one of our daily lives. Every day the love of God has to be in our lives. 1 John 2, 15, 17 says, Do not love the world, neither the things of this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And it's not of the Father, but of the world. And the world is passing away and the desires of it too. But he who does the will of God abides forever. You see? Doing the will of God, that's through love. Being obedient to the word of God. First John 2, 5 says, But whosoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. If we love one another. There it is. So if you have anything today, Against anyone. Make sure you take care of that problem. For that is the only way that you'll be blessed by God. When you make things right with that person that has come against you. Or maybe you have come against them. If God forgave us for such a debt that we owed. How much more now we should forgive others for what they've done against us. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.